Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. SRB Media. Is it so you're lost in dreams beside the world? Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, TC. And welcome all to part 18 of our weekly podcast, The Current View, with the idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. What kind of week you had, mate? Steady away. A couple of good results uh, going your way and my way. So uh, it hasn't been bad for us, has it? No, we always end on the uh, the football forecast. So and you and you going in front, so that's made you more happier. <laughs> I've come from behind. <laughs> I was getting a right shoeing, a right pasting, and I've, but I've don't forget up. I'm a ma- don't forget I'm a maverick, and I always tease people and entice them in and let them have a little, let them get in front a little bit, and then I'll explode again. You <laughs> you set traps all over the place, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Magic moment. Let's start on the magic moment of of this week. Did you find anything and what did you find? Again, we can say it every week with the TV cameras like they are up and down every game, all the games up and down the country. Uh, And I know I keep winning up Premier League, but we've had some fantastic goals uh, in all four divisions. So, I mean, next week, I think I'm going to go for someone lower, some club what's lower because they don't get the recognition and they are great goals, but... The two goals what uh, Everton scored on uh, Saturday, well, Saturday lunchtime, uh, Bernard, absolutely genius in the box to to turn like he did and squeeze it uh, in between the near post. Fantastic goal. And uh, Sigurdsson's goal, second goal, where he, he checked one way, turned back the other way and put it into top corner. There were two fantastic goals. So they're going to be my uh, two uh, magic moments. Yes, it's one of my old clubs, but I'm never biased. They were fantastic goals, but all weekend I've seen some fantastic goals. Let's take out that Bernard goal because that is one of my magic moments as well. How difficult is it to score a goal like that in such a tight space and he's twisted, he's turned, and then when you just think he's done a little bit too much, he just finds that, that boot there and just puts it in the onion bag. Well, I, I'm not going to take nothing away from him, but it yeah. is easier for him. And for reason why, he's got the low centre of gravity. Yeah. So for him to twist and turn like that, compared to a, a big defender, full-back or two centre-backs, one centre-back, whatever, which one you want to look at, he would find it easier because he's twisting and turning because he's got that low centre of gravity. It would be easier for him than it would be for a, a tall, a six-foot guy. Yeah. You know, but... Fantastic. I mean, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, that's my magic moment. And then I saw the other one, uh, the second one. So I had to put them both in. It is so difficult for for players to be able to do that. But what I will say, and without trying to take anything away from Bernard, he'll tell you himself, it's easier for him because he's, he's got the low sense of gravity to be able to twist and turn. And once you start to, to turn one way, turn another way quickly, you're going to put your, your centre-backs on your bum. Yeah. I guarantee you, because I've done that many a time myself. And Zigurdsson, there's transfer speculation that he might be joining Newcastle for £28 million in January. Well, that would be that would be a good uh, that would be a good move for for Newcastle because mm-hmm. it'll you know it'll give him a midfield player what's uh, capable of uh, finding those uh, type of balls through for their for their strikers. Um, for some unknown reason, it's not really paid off. I mean, he was at Tottenham, didn't seem to work for him there, goes to, to Swansea and has a, a fantastic time and then he's gone to Everton and, and now we've managed, well, I've seen new managers being there a year now, a year and a bit, uh, in and out the the team. But you can see technically the kid's got, uh, he's got uh, great technical ability. Uh, but he's getting the balance right for the team, for, yeah. for, any, for any type of player like uh, Sigurdsson, it's the team, the, the the philosophy of the manager's uh, way of playing has got to suit them type of players. Else, it's never going to work for them. 
Well, I'm going to do my other magic moment in a short while. But while we're talking of philosophy and style of play, I've actually wrote that down as one of the, the, the topics tonight because I watched Arsenal. And I didn't mean Arsenal as a football club, that they're all over the place. And you're absolutely right to identify it. It's managers. And, and, and I watched Arsenal play and I thought... What is their style of play? What are Arsenal trying to do? They just look all over the place. It looks as though some players are trying to do one thing, other players are trying to do others, and they just don't seem like a coherent team. What's your take on Arsenal? Well, I'll sum it up for you. Yeah. Easily. You know, because I look beyond going to watch a football match. I'll I, I look for the tactic side of it. Yeah. I told you about. I don't know how long we've been going on now with this show, but I told you about Jack Grealish. Yeah. When you're going to play a certain way and you're going to hold balls in certain areas, yeah. you have got to have certain players what's composed on the ball. Yeah. The new ruling is brought in that defenders now can go into the box to receive the box from a goal kick. Mm-hmm. And I can see the frus- frustrating side of it from some fans, especially if you're not you know, one of the top teams like a Manchester City or a Liverpool. So when Arsenal are doing it, they're not playing particularly well. They're getting a lot of stick from the pundits, media, etc. Uh, if 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 it doesn't work, they're going to get crucified. Yeah. And all you've got to do is watch the player when he receives the ball. If he's composed, if he's composed on the ball, that player, you will not have a problem. If he's not, there will be big prob- problems. There'll be consequences where... You know, they'll either, uh, they'll either make a mistake and the team will score a goal or they'll nearly score a goal and then everybody's uh, will be up in arms because what we've seen for the last, last 35 years in this country is get the ball out. Put it in, roll Z. Everybody, everybody else in Europe and the rest of the world or the big countries have overtaken us. You know, and, and I'm not wrong because... You know, when we look at the qualifications, what we when we qualify uh, for all these competitions in in Europe, um, the European Championships and the World Cup, we never play the top teams. Yet when we get to quarterfinals and, and, and semi-finals, and then we get beat by you know Finland, you know Finland's not a, a, a great footballing nation. It's no bigger than Scotland, you know. So it's it's not that what's the problem. It's the players. What this, what's in the team and I don't want to knock players because I always blame a manager because if, if that manager doesn't get it right it is his fault he picks that team yeah. so I'm saying well then players well yeah pick players in what can do it you know if you're going to play if you're going to play that way you've got to pick players in the team what can what's comfortable on the ball other than that you might as well you know get players in the team and just boot it up upfield now is that going to win your trophies it may do but I guarantee you, the Manchester Citys and your Liverpools and your Man Uniteds and your Barcelonas and your Real Madrids and your Bayern Munichs, yes, they have all the best players, but they always win the trophies because why? They play football. Yeah. You know, and I get it. I really get it. I get it from you uh, and I get it from the rest of them. I, I, I really see what, why it frustrates you and I really see uh, what problems it, it, it can, it can ca- ca- cause the team. But get players on the ball. I've told you before. Put Jack Grealish at left back. You'll only ruin him by playing him there. But don't think Jack Grealish can't play there because he'll be so composed on the ball. He hardly gives the ball away. Yeah. And that's all it is, Gabby. You know, whether it's right, whether it's wrong. Now, I've explained to you all that is the problem with it. Not playing it is the problem. It's people not being composed and panicking on the ball. And the best way to sum it up, if any footballer, any football fan, but you're not allowed to go into grounds, watch a training session, any football club, especially down below from the, the top two, right? And they put a session on, people say, well, that's a fantastic session. But you look at the mistakes, what's in that session, mm-hmm. but people forget. You know, they look at this, oh, the session, fantastic session. I wouldn't much try this session. So, yes, it is. But they don't. what they don't do is correct the problems within that session. And that's why they don't get it right on Saturdays. Yeah. I look beyond it. I always have done. You know, I, I walked away from, listen, I walked away from football. I want everybody to understand this. I would have been up there with all the top players in the in our country. I'm not going to talk about abroad, in our country, if I would have played in the third division. Yeah. It, well, that's my fault. Yeah. That's my fault. Mm-hmm. I walked away from football because of the way we played this game. We had some of the best managers 
in our country. I'm not going to end of Europe in your Cloughs and your Faisleys and your Shanklers and your, your Revies. And I know Revy were poor for England and I can't understand him when he had quality at Leeds. Wouldn't want to play Hudson and George and, and, and Curries of this world. That, that still baffles me to this day. You know, but we didn't. We did, we, we did away with that and we went down a different route. And now, for 35 years, we've been shown, get it away from our goal. Get We must get it away. But if it's not near our goal, they can't score. Until all these foreign coaches have come in and foreign players, and it's made us look average at best. Average at best. And if people analyse that and analyse it in training, we'd be a better country for it, and we'd have better players for it. Gabby, I promise you that. When when I was watching Arsenal at Sheffield United, I wasn't I wasn't talking about the defenders. I was talking about the midfield, and and I look at the Arsenal team that that were invincible. I mean, they had some great midfield players in them day. I mean, they had some great players all over the park. And I look at Arsenal up top, and you've got Aubameyang, Lagazette, and Pepe, and then you've got Uzo, who's probably their best technical football player. They let Ramsey go for nothing when he run his contract out. And the midfield players that they seem to bring in, and towards the end of Wenger's reign and um, Unai Emery, the, the, the players, the recruitment of the midfield players of Arsenal just don't seem to be up to scratch and they don't seem to be better than what they've already got. In fact, there is an argument the, the midfield players at Arsenal are recruiting are worse than what they've had in the past. Well, when I, when I was talking earlier on, I was talking about yeah. the problem defensive-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Defensive-wise, yeah. I think. Yeah. Now we're going to midfield. Mm-hmm. They are more of box-to-box players, which yeah. Arsenal haven't yeah. had. Mm-hmm. That's what they've got. They haven't got... The, Ozil is a problem for them, in a sense, that the manager and the pundits, every time they get beat, they will emphasise that it's his fault. Because he's the one what's going to put a Aubameyang. Yeah, exactly. And them type of players through. He's the one. What he's the one? What's got the killer pass? He's a creation, right? Yeah. That, so, so now they've taken that out of it. Mm. Instead of surrounding Ozil, yep, with two technical players, but what what what's grafters? Yep. Right. What can get him the ball and let him feed them them, them quality passes through? They haven't done that. No. They brought in box to box players. Mm. Right, and Arsenal still haven't changed from Arsene Wenger, and nobody will praise Wenger more than me. Nobody, yeah. nobody will. It's fantastic. Changed the way of football, and brought football into our country. What I've been saying for years before Guardiola brought it into our country, but obviously he was doing it in in Spain. Mm-hmm. The problem with, with Wenger, the only problem I had with Wenger, uh, I don't know if with him, but it has to be him because you know they were trying to score the perfect goal, and they're still yeah. trying to score the perfect goals. Yep. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. They'll pass it on and pass it on. Sometimes you've got to shoot. Mm. You know, and I'm not saying from anywhere. So you're right. 100% right. That's the problem. The problem with that is they have got box-to-box players and not players what's technically like Ozil. Yeah. And I've, I've told you, you go anywhere in England, go on the motorway, and you'll see a, you'll see a traffic jam and everybody sits in it. Yep. Right? Because everybody follows it. Oh, that's, best. that's, that's what we've got to do. You know? Go in the shop. There's queues to go in the shop. People standing in queue. Instead of coming off and having a look, looking for another shop, and have a, you know, now with football, oh, it's always his fault. It's always oh, he's lazy. He don't work out. Load of rubbish. Yeah. Take that. Take away from Ozil being doesn't work hard enough. Yep. So neither does Messi. Neither does Ronaldo. Neither did Pelle. You know, the George Best is the one-off. The Ryan Giggs are one-off. Mm-hmm. The one-off them. You know, them type of plays, you've got to get them the ball, you know, and then surround. What you do is when you get the ball to him, what you're going to do is surround him and give him an option. Exactly. If he, if he can't get that killer ball through, yep. then he starts again. Mm-hmm. But if you stand off him, right, and let him do it, and he loses it, it looks bad. Yep. They haven't got people what can understand. Mm-hmm. Once we get it to him, what we've got to do is get closer to him. Because yep. if he can't get it through, we come out, we start again. Yep. And that's simple. Yep. If you've got a football brain. But some of them haven't got football brains. And, you know, I listened to David Moyes last night on radio when he, talk, he, he spoke about, you know, uh, 
about the our coaching the coaching now it, it, it's not good you know we're all going to play the same way well and we played the same way for the last 35 years by giving the ball and booting it up yeah you know Zim and Sam Allardyce coming on talking about the game and I'm not listen fabulous they're fabulous guys I'm talking about football if you're going to play at the top end in world football right saying that this way of playing football now that we're all going to be copying we'll all be playing say we'll be booting to watch well that's what's happened for 35 years playing the long ball and that's why Liverpool dominated for years at Nottingham Forest and then Fergie got the time to develop his team yep. and then he took over mm-hmm. so you're right you are 100% right the problem is everybody doesn't see it like we see it, Gabby no, it, it and just... who, who is me and you and I watch you and I listen to you I mean I can I can switch off with some people if they said to me you're rubbish you ain't got a clue what you're talking about that's okay I like it because he's entitled to his opinion yep. right but that you're pointing out what's happening mm. and listen majority of them don't like you saying that because it's they want to keep their jobs push you back you keep fighting Gabby because that's what I'm going to do there's one thing about social media it can't stop me talking now can it no and the one thing about our weekly show and podcast we, we, we get to talk every week which is great it's my favorite hour and uh, so I'm going to go back now to my second magic moment and it's Jordan Morris's hat trick for Seattle Sounders that took yes, them into the, West, you put it on, yeah, yeah. the Western Conference uh, semi-final, which is in the early hours of tonight at CenturyLink Field. Now, he, it's his birthday. He's 24 years of age. He's turning 25 on Saturday. So it'd be a tremendous birthday present, present if he yeah. could get the winning goal again because he's a local lad born in Seattle. And it's the first time that any Seattle Sounders player has scored a hat-trick post-season because they, they do go into the playoffs and then the winner of the Western plays the winner of the Eastern for what's pretty much the Super Bowl equivalent of, uh, of, of football. So uh, And also as well, it leads me to a little link. Reading your book, there was a time that you almost joined Seattle Sounders, didn't you? I did. And mm-hmm. I'll go back to that in a minute. Yeah. But what, what, what I said about two or three weeks ago about these lower, lower teams yep. in, in lower divisions, Scored in fantastic goals, which we haven't, we we didn't see in my day. Yeah. Now now we can see it. We can see it all over the world mm-hmm. because the, the cameras up and down every ground in every country. So we've seen spec, uh, fantastic, uh, spectacular goals. Going back to the Seattle Sounders, yeah, I nearly went to. I tell you, I tell you what happened. Uh, because I don't beat I don't beat behind the bush. Anybody asks me a question, you've, you're the first person to ask me the question about it, and I I, I hinted about it, but I'll tell you the full story. We we we, we played Arsenal in the quarter final of the FA Cup in 1979 when when Arsenal beat Manchester United. Do you remember the game? Yep, I certainly two. do. Yep, certainly do. What a comeback uh, that was! <laughs> anyway, I'm rooming with Alan Ball, and uh, Ball he said to me, uh, "Listen." Alan Hinton wants you to go to America and you're too good to go to America. That's a bawling. I'm not going to America, but let me tell you something. They're going to offer you £11,000. And I know £11,000 come up with Sheffield when it seems to come for a lot. No, but that's what they did offer me, right? He said, yep. they're going to offer you £11,000 uh, and McMenemy is going to get £17,000. But we'll say allegedly because, I, you know, you can't prove things like that. Sure, yeah. So when I spoke to to to, to Alan Hinton, so allegedly this is what happened. He said to me, uh, we'll give you £11,000. He said, he said, I think you're a terrific player. But I, listen, I was only 23 then, yeah. you know. Um, and he said, uh, you'll hit it big time here in America. If you, if you come and play out in America, they would love you. They'd love players like you out there. And I said, no, I want to stay in England, Alan, but thanks for offering me, offering me the opportunity. I said, but it's not you, and I still wouldn't go because I want to I want to play in England, and I knew I was going to be going to Sheffield Wednesday. I knew that. Yeah. So I said, uh, I'm going to play for me, for me uh, club I supporters uh, when I was growing up, um, but there's no way that that man's going to make 17,000 allegedly out of me. Yeah. And, and so I told him, no, I, I wasn't going to take it. So... And that's a true story. Another true story. So when people ask me questions, I'll always tell them the I always tell them the truth. 
I know. And also, got to say, while we're talking about social media, which you did allude to earlier, people love listening to these or or, or reading the stories because they love listening to you on the podcast and they love reading your posts and looking at your photographs as well. Well, the, the one the one I put on today, uh, I, I was going through Twitter. I don't go on Twitter that much, but, that, you know, yeah. I, so I'm looking and I saw someone uh, wrote a, a little thing uh, to Jock. Jock, uh, I'm going to do a thing on this about your dad. And when I looked at it, it was, you know, Jack Charlton. Jack yeah. Charlton of all people. Yeah. Uh, finding players for uh, this end. There's no de- more... De- uh, well, give referees more uh, lip back than Jack. Right. Anyway, I used to get away with murder with him, and, and uh, but one thing I used to get kicked up here, Gabby, and I mean kicked up here. It was honestly, it was terrible at times. And I, I mean, they keep on about defenders. Who's they can defend when they're kicking you up here, and they don't like it when when you kick them back? Because I was one of them, but what were kicking back? Yeah. Anyway, after the game, he said to me, "Mate, I'm finding you fifty pound uh, for descent." I said, "That's all right, Jack." Anyway, I goes in Monday, asked me, uh, "Morris said he's coming to dressing room." Terry, can you go into office? Jack wants wants to see you. So I goes into office. So he sets off. He said, "I'm I'm I'm finding you." He said, "When are you going to stop this? When are you going to stop it with referees? When are you going to learn? You know that uh, he's never going to change uh, his mind." I said, "Jack, I'll stop it when the you know when the referee looks after me and protects me, and players stop kicking me up in air. You know." So he said, uh, "Well, I'm finding you fifty pounds." I said, "You're not, Jack. You're not finding me fifty pounds. I'm not playing for you." All this football club to get kicked up the air week in and week out, home and away. No protection from referees, no protection from you, because you don't turn around and tell them, you know, I've been kicked up the air, but you want to find me. You think you're going to, fit club's going to make 50 pounds out of me every Saturday when I play? So, not, so he said, don't worry about it. He opened, his, he opened the safe, he has a safe in the office, Jack. Opens the safe up, takes 50 quid out, gives me it. Give me it back. I gave him back. He said, now you've been fined £50. I can report to the referee, uh, to the uh, media that I fined you £50. So if that's how you want to do it, I can talk about it now because at the end of the day, I'm in my 60s. Nobody, nobody can get into trouble. That's what used to happen. So he would, if I got fined, he would give me the money. He would give me the money. I would give it to him. And yes, it looks it looked like I've been fined. True stories. Brilliant stories. For the public to understand what goes off sometimes in football. But again, like you like you said, in those days, you as forwards got absolutely smashed from the first minute to the 90th minute. And I, I love reading that post because teams are crafty. Your first one would be a bit of a free hit, as the referee yeah. would see it. So they'd have three defenders, three different defenders, all smashing you. So they've all had the first hit on you. <laughs> Whereas when you turn up then and give a bit of uh, bit bit of mouth, and rightly so, you're the one that gets the yellow card, not them defenders that have just gone through you. Next time you speak to Udi when you're talking to him about certain oh, yeah. things and all, ask them about it. That's what used to happen. Yeah, it did, yeah. yeah. Now, what I'm going to write about tomorrow, yep. what I'm going to write about tomorrow, a quarter to three, right? Your, yep. your linesman comes in. A quarter to three, the linesman comes in, in my day. Yeah. I would imagine the same, in, but they play now on with, with the blades, don't they? But in my day, they play with steel studs. Yeah. Right? So the referee would come in a quarter to three, right? And the players would have, especially the defenders, would have the boots on with perfect studs. No scratches on them, no markings on them, nothing. Right? They check the studs, the right, uh, the, right, the linesman would go out, and then the lads had changed the boots. And because and in, the, in the dressing rooms in our days, they were concrete or tiles, and they used to s- scrape the studs on them. And then can you imagine yeah. when they went out, when they, when they left the footing then? Mm. And that's what used to happen. That's what I'm going to write about tomorrow. So that'll be something else new for them all to, to, to look at and think. But you don't realise what goes off. And little things like this, uh, the fans love to hear about it. So that's what I'm going to write about tomorrow. But uh, no, you... And on top of that, the first, I, I in that dressing room, McMenemy, me Jack, Mickey Buxton, and everybody Pluffy say, and I mean now Kendall saying that is true. When I tell you this, these are facts. Yeah. They would turn around and say, right, so we're playing against uh, Stamballs, yeah. right? Mick Pickering, or Pickers, rattle him, rattle him hard, right? But pick him up and, and, and say sorry, referee, 
and then it'd say to uh, Mark Smith, I want you to rattle him even harder. Yeah. Uh, again, pick him up. I'm sorry, referee, my first tattle. Mm. Uh, and then they get Ray Blackall, the third one, said, now I want you to rattle him. Take the booking. Don't worry about it. You don't get fined for it. But make him know that he's going to be in for a game today. And if he goes off injured, we've done his job. If he doesn't, he knows he's going to be in for a tough game or you know you're going to be in for a tough game. And that's that, that little things what happened. Yeah. What nobody's ever, what ever sp- spoke about. If you don't think, if you do this, I'm kidding you. No, I, I don't kid anybody because that's a fact. Yeah. Ask Hudson what they were like and I bet they were worse than what we were. But Brian Clough never did that. And no. Never did Howard Kendall. Never did Howard Kendall. No, never. Yeah, never. Exactly. But having said that, yeah. we had got Kenny Burns <laughs> and, Lavi, and Lavi Lloyd. And listen, they were two, like two lions who hadn't eaten all week. Yep. So they weren't innocent, but Cluffy would find them. Yep. You know, if 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 if, if there were if it would descend and it was a dirty tattle, if it was a fair tattle, he'd give him that little sign with his little <laughs> finger, his thumb and his finger. But Larry never got that, so he used to be upset all the time, Larry. But you know, rest of us used to get that. But it 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 wrangled, didn't it, with Larry? And I remember oh. watching. <laughs> I believe in miracles that Johnny Owen put that great film about Nottingham Forest, and Larry was on there talking about that subject and. I never got that. Burns, he got it all the time. He loved Burns. But you're right. I remember watching something on YouTube, a clip of Kenny Burns, and he, he was talking about what he used to do with his, his boots and his studs. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Listen, I'm going back to Larry. Great, listen, I, not many players I didn't like. I got in great with them all, mate. Yeah. I, I can't say that, you know, they might have thought differently of me, but I, I always found everybody great. I did. And, and Lavi was one of them, and you, you know when I say this, because in any group, whether you're in a football group, whether you're on a building site, whether you're working in a bank, when you get together and you're talking, you always get a couple of which are piss takers. Yeah. Right? And Lavi would go and take, want to take the piss, but you know if any other lads were taking the piss out of him, <laughs> he would he, he hated it. He'd want to, I mean, he used to threaten Robbo and Martin Oldie, I'll knock your two heads off. <laughs> If he talked to me like that again, or try and take the piss out of me again. But great kid, but he was one of them you know, uh, could give it, but couldn't take it. Yeah. And we all have that in, in, in groups, don't we? Yeah, we certainly do. Dancing on ice, and I don't mean the, uh, the I series. Know you come, I, know the you, series. I know you're coming uh, from uh, here. Be, behind the lens, because that's another feature that we're, we're going to develop over the coming months and weeks and years ahead. Um, you put some great pictures up from your scrapbook. Um, other pictures that, that we can find out on social media um, and share them. But there was one that that literally was playing in the snow and, and the defender was on his backside. What game was that? Tell me the story behind that photograph. Well, in my day, in winters, you got a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, in certain seasons, uh, when I said certain seasons, I'm on about different seasons of the season, not the summer, spring and that type of season. Yeah. Uh, you get a season where you won't get as much snow, snow and then the following season you get plenty of snow. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, there was a few of them. I think that one was the uh, Colchester game, yeah. uh, Colchester United. But the goalkeeper, what they call the ex-Norwich manager and Everton manager, Colin Walker. Colin Walker. Okay. He, he, play, he played for Colchester. So I think... Mike Walker. Mike Walker, yeah. yeah, Mike Walker. Colin Walker is the one who's at uh, Barnsley, sorry, Mike Walker, the goalkeeper, yeah. that's right. And his lad played with Tottenham, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. And um, so that that was that game. Um, I think I scored in that game, I know. I, I did score in that game. Uh, but I used to like playing on it, you yeah. know. But when you think about it, you know, it's dangerous to play on because, especially nowadays when the, the players are costing millions and millions and millions of pounds, that, you know, you can't afford to be injured and, and clubs can't afford to for, for the players to be out for a length of time with serious injuries if you're playing in them conditions, yeah. you know. But a lot of players did like playing in them, but it, it, is, it was dangerous and, and it would be dangerous now. And as a result, most games, you've only got to have a, a single speck of snow and, and, and not because of the pitches, because all the pitches have got under-soil eating um, and, and, and 
certainly Premier League pitches are in pristine condition all through the year, but it's the surrounding areas that games tend to be called off for now. In the olden days, blimey, you'd, you'd, you'd be walking through six inches of snow to get to the ground and, and many fans would turn up with a shovel and clear the snow off the pitch as well to make sure oh. the game's played. They did it. They did it a lot. Yeah. That I mean, yeah, I mean, did. Sheffield. When, I mean, I went at Sheffield Wednesday when they did that against Arsenal, where they got all this. I mean, some fans uh, wagged it off a of school yeah. to help shift the snow for to the ground. But I mean, when you when you take Ronaldo and Messi, they should be thanking all us lot. Yeah. Right. Because now these are playing on perfect pitches. Yeah. These are not getting kicked up in air. Mm-hmm. Fanta- Listen, I love watching them play. So when when these young when these younger generations singing, these are the best players they've ever seen. They are great to watch, like like me wanting to watch them. They are fantastic. And for me to relate them to the players, the great players of my generation and before my generation and throughout the decades, right up to, to, to today's football. They're fantastic to, fantastic to watch and they're breaking record after record after record, pair of them. But they don't have to play on those pitches. Nobody kicks them up in air. They get fouled, of course yeah. they get fouled. But they, didn't, they don't get this vicious foul, uh, what we got on what these great players got. So everything's right for them, but they have fantastic skills and the records are breaking, are, are unbelievable. But could you imagine them scoring 700 goals playing on a Derby County pitch yeah. or a Queen's Park Rangers pitch when you when you put your foot into it in the winter and, 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 and then the sludge came halfway up your boot? You know, it's, so it's fantastic for them and it's fantastic for the fans to be able to see natural, talented footballers express themselves without getting kicked up in the air or having to play on shocking pitches. So I'm like them. I love to watch them play, but it's everything's right for them now to play at the top level. And while we're in the 70s, on I think it's tonight after the Champions League games, I think it's at 11.40, there's a programme about Crystal Palace, team of the 80s. Right. It's going to be repeated, I believe, at eight o'clock on BT Sport. So it will well, be. Just before, I'm interrupting you. I, yeah. I don't interrupt you usually, do I? No. Nope. I wonder if that's the time when they went into the first division, into the old first division. And I haven't seen it being advertised, but I'm going to watch it now. I'm going to watch it because uh, Teddy Venables what manager if, if 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 it's in that this era where they played Burnley, there were 50,000 50, people. I think it was a night match, Friday night match, what got a promotion. But anyway, sorry for interrupting you. But even that drew 50,000 people, uh, Crystal Palace and Burnley, uh, when they were doing really well. Yeah, it, it, it started, my, my understanding, I was listening to, to the guy that made the uh, the documentary on H&J on Talk Sport today, and it, it pretty much starts from the early 70s with uh, Don Rogers and, and co. Yeah, he, I remember all them, yeah. Yeah, and, and then going going through to the late 70s and how Malcolm Allison and then Terry Venables, how they'd, they got a load of young kids at Crystal Palace and were giving 16, 17, 18 year old kids the debuts which is what Malcolm Allison did you know he, 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 that, yeah. Yeah, he was a pioneer of British football you know not, not only was he a character off the pitch and a larger than life character but he'd done tremendous things he was ahead of his time with, the, with his coaching ability um, with, with his players so it's a documentary about Palace from the early 70s and they believed that they was going to be the team of the 80s. Is that on terrestrial TV? Or it's is on, on BT, Sky? BT Sport, BT. yeah. All right. They didn't quite kick on to be the team of the 80s, but it's that perception which is what the documentary is is built upon. Well, on that, if, if I'm, I mean, I used to be red hot with, with, with football grounds and players and everything, but, I, I mean, uh, my, my two sons are like that now. Yeah. Uh, but but when, I, when, when I walked away from it, I, I left it for a few years, mm-hmm. and now I'm back into it. I'm not saying I know a lot more now, like, but uh, yeah. But if I'm if 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 I'm right, I'm thinking that Don Rogers was the one what they bought from Swindon. Swindon, yeah. They, they got they got beat uh, in the uh, cup final. Uh, beat, yeah. uh, did they beat Arsenal. He played in that. I'm sure. And I think was. that's I think that's where Crystal Palace bought them. The thing is with Malcolm Allison and, and, and Teddy Venables uh, yeah, they brought a lot of kids in and they had a fantastic time in the 
championship, uh, second division, yeah. they got them up. And I think it started to go wrong a little bit. And then Malcolm either got sacked or he walked out and then Venables took over. Yes. I think, if I, I think I'm not, I'm on that right lines with it. I think it's going to be a really interesting documentary because Barry Silkman used to play for Crystal Palace, didn't he? And yeah. I think he was with Big Mel at, um, at Plymouth He took him to Manchester well. City. Yeah, yeah, he took him to Plymouth. He took him all over, did Mel, uh, Barry, Barry Silkman. Yeah. Great lad. Good it's, footballer and a great lad. He was a good football player though, wasn't he, Silkman? Mike, uh, I'm saying Mike. Uh, I, talk, I think I'm talking to my uh, my friend Mike Gabby. Uh, Gabby, does that. Gabby, the thing about in them in those days, there were a lot of good footballers, yeah, technically was. good footballers. Yeah. And like I said, and I'm not being horrible. You know, they changed the way of football, yeah. and, it, and it just went to athletes and big, strong kids. Yeah, it did. I mean, I've, I, I put on about uh, Peter Reid, and I have another wall uh, where I put uh, players on from. Uh, world players from 70s and 80s. Yeah. And I, I put uh, what I've done today, I stopped today, I'm going to put up for the next few weeks of, of players what weren't athletes. Yeah. But what could uh, run about but could play football. Now, Peter Reid was one of the worst trainers yeah. you will ever see. Mm-hmm. Right? And I mean, he's not playing now and he won't mind me saying it. You know, like to drink. Yeah. And I mean, like to drink. Yeah. So he's one of them when we got in on the morning. You know, he'd still be feeling a little bit. He didn't miss training as much, but if he did, if he'd had too much, then he'd go into to treatment room, you know, and say, God, it's like not. But he weren't the best trainer. But once that whistle went on a Saturday afternoon, yeah. he worked his socks off mm-hmm. for the team. He couldn't run up and down all day long, but he had a football brain. Yeah. What got him into areas where he, know, he, he knew he needed to be in, and that's why it, it annoys me with, with the athlete bit. Yeah. There is some athletes in the teams and they're still footballers. But I know football clubs have tried to sign athletes because they're quick and will turn them into football. That will never work. Yeah, you can't. Right? But uh, no, great kid, great player. Uh, but that's what I'm going to do on my 70s and 80s wall. Uh, as from now to for the next couple of weeks about players who weren't athletes but were great players. And certainly, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, Reedy was one of them players that, you know, if you're if you're looking around and you've got Peter Reed on that pitch, you you know you know you've got a right battler and a right football player as well. And you know the heartbeat of that that Everton. I mean, there was Bracewell, there was Peter Reed, you know, the Sheedy, uh, yep. Trevor Stephen. You got yourself, you got Sharper, you got Inchy, you Andy got Gray. Andy Gray. You know, just off the top of Pat my Vandenau, head, Pat Van Den Neville yeah. Southall, uh, yeah. Derek Mountfield, uh, Gary Stevens, Rack, Ratcliffe, Gary Stevens, Mark Higgins, who would have been a big part of it, but got yeah. injured. Uh, got injured. So Derek Mountfield coming, John Bailey, great player, but drank too much. So the same sound, the the, the, the same Pat Van Pat Van Den Neville, who could drink even more than Bales, you know. <laughs> but I mean, talking about people who are athletes, I mean, I'm not saying he was an athlete. And you'll do because you played for your team, Mark Dennis. Yeah, yeah. Technically, great player. Yeah. But he was quick. Yeah. So people would class him as not. No, he weren't. He was technically a good player. Mm. Do you know if that kid would would not have been somewhat wanted to, and I don't mean this in a horrible way, because mm. it's actually what in them days. All he thought about is, if I put him out and injure him, yeah. that's my job done for today. Yeah. He was a good player. Mm. And if he'd have thought about playing the game, and yes, at, at times rattling somebody is you know instead of really trying to hurt, hurt people and injure people he would have got more England, it would have got England caps because he was a great player but yes there was Statham and, 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 and Kenny Sanson but he was as good as them I'll promise you that to Gabby he yeah. was he, he, he was as, he was as good as them that Mark Dennis I guarantee he was to, to this day Mark would be my my left back choice for Birmingham City. I think he was absolutely, he was a fantastic player and you're right. But the thing is, and, and I think if Mark was on this podcast with us, you know, he'd admit it. He was an absolute lunatic. Yeah. Listen, I mean, he was a nutcase. When, when I'm talking about this, that's what he's entitled to stop me. He's entitled to stop anybody. Yeah, what yeah. I'm trying to say is yeah. fantastic football player. Mm-hmm. And he would have got a better recognition if he'd have played, concentrated on his football, but he would, he would in a team with a lot of lads, what will come on, let's get the sleeves rolled up and we'll rattle these. Yeah. And that's how he was. Mm. If he was playing today, he'd, honestly, Gabby, he would fetch 
millions of pounds because oh, he was a great fullback. I'm telling you, definitely. He was a great fullback. He got everything: yeah. strong, pace, could pass it, yeah. and got an engine on him. Yeah, hundred percent. He'd be in the England squad now if Mark Dennis was playing. In my opinion, he was that good. I used to do a little bit of work with Tony Evans. He used to play up front with Frank uh, yeah. back back in them days, and um, and and also Mark used to stay at the guy. Um, so he used to have a big house in Tennyson Road. I used to work for him at, at Faces in the nightclub and at Birmingham City in the old D club. And some of the stories, I'm not going to go into the stories. You know, tell me, I know, I know. But some of the stories about Mark Dennis. I mean, he is a former player that definitely should write a book because you wouldn't believe some of the things that he got up to. And Frank told me about him as well. And that Birmingham City team, they were the original crazy gang. They were a you could not, or you wouldn't dare put some things in the in the uh, yeah. book. Even, I mean, there's lots of things I left out in my yeah. book. Yeah. You know, people would look at you and think, well, you know, and I'm not about me, I'm talking about other players. Yep, exactly. You know, it, it was unreal. But that kid was a fantastic football player. Yeah, he was. Another football player who was fantastic, although Mark was uh, from London, um, from Birmingham, Jack Grealish. The the campaign, all great podcasts need a campaign. Our campaign is Grealish for England. I went down to Villa Park on uh, on Saturday. It was granddaughter's birthday, so Tom couldn't go. So I took up his, his seat in the Holt end. It was almost like going behind enemy lines. And probably 30 years ago, I wouldn't have done that. But now I'm a 55-year-old granddad. I went there. I sat with his mate in the Holt end. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And I have to say, Gareth was in the, the, the ground watching Jack. The best individual performance I've ever seen from a football player in recent times. Right. When you saw that, now imagine now you've seen it live. Yep. The composure on the ball. Yep, absolutely. Right. I said this, I mean, you'll see more about him than I do because you're in and around that vicinity, Birmingham. Yeah. Yep. I saw him with Villa. And I'm only seeing him when they're on television. Yep. First thing I said to Tom, what, what a player this kid is. Yeah. What, what liked me more than anything was the composure of him. Now, uh, his problem is, I've told you, his problem is the Maverick. Yeah. You know, uh, those socks, I don't know if he's got, if he's got to have shin pads, he's got to wear shin pads nowadays, but he has them down and if he goes down, now, it's the, it's the pund, it's what, I like it and then everybody jumps up the bandwagon. Yeah. Um, so, who pops up is David Moyes. Oh, what a player he is, blah, 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 but he's one of these Mavericks. You know, and what did I say to you? I know you did. And, and what did I say you, to you? You posted me into it. Gabby, what did I say to you? And you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, I, and listen, and yeah. listen. What I'm trying to say is me and you would pick him. Yeah. Right? Me and you would pick him. We have got some fantastic midfield players now. Yeah. Loftus Cheek, Madison. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I would play Henderson as an older midfield player. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, a lot of people don't like Henderson, but I think there's something about him. Yeah. Mount. Jack Grealish. There's about nine top midfield players. Yeah. So if they picked any three, mm-hmm. I don't think it would make any make any difference, but there'd still be lots of us that say, well, why didn't he play? Yeah. And I get that because yeah. he's my favourite player, he's your favourite player, he's that favourite. So I get that. But you can only pick three. That's why when people say to me, uh, well, he's not as good as, as him or he's not as good as him, it's not to do with that. It's whether that manager. Yeah. Prime example, there were, there were, there's only one sub in my day but when I got back, I would Kendall rush me to get back playing. But Trevor Stevens then yeah. started to play well. He paid three hundred thousand pounds for him, yeah. and the team were winning. Mm-hmm. So he started to get back into the team. Whereas me, I said, well, if you're not going to play, I'll go play somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Sit back and wait, and you might get back into the team. And then, I mean, that's what I did wrong when I was at Everton and Forest. Yeah, you know, I had two bad injuries. We have got nine top top quality players, yeah. midfield players. Mm-hmm. You know, and whoever they pick, there's going to be people uh, not uh, happy or disappointed because he's not playing. It doesn't mean they are the best three. They are the best three for that type of manager. Yeah. But isn't it funny how they're all talking about Jack Grealish? Yeah. Now, you know, I know when you first said it, they were criticising you, weren't they? Oh, God, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I still do Bob Blues fans. I mean, well, I, I but that, you're going to get that, Gabby. Yeah. Gabby, you're going to get oh, that. No. And you, I, I, this is where I think you're wrong. Because the Birmingham and the 8 Villa, 
yeah, that shouldn't come into it, eight, because it's a exactly. strong word. Yes. It shouldn't come into it. They don't like him. No. And I get that. But you're expressing an opinion because you're a radio uh, presenter. You're a podcast uh, presenter. Many, many more things that you do in and around your vicinity. Yeah. And you, you just put it over for the people to have a look at and, and, and say, oh, look, I've, I've seen this kid. He's at Birmingham. He's at Walsall. He's mm. at fantastic football player yeah. and you're always going to get people have a go so bite your lip mm-hmm. and end it there you look at it and think well people will turn around and say I can remember when Gabby first mentioned that kid and that's the best way to beat him Yeah, it is and I know it's hard sometimes but that's the best way to beat him but they're entitled to opinion I always said when I were playing football I said to my mum and dad when they come they didn't come a lot because obviously I were up and down all over the country my dad oh, my dad was poorly at one, one point, you know. Yeah. And I said, if you come to football, if anybody said, oh, to bite me bad, bite your lip. It's harder for them than it, yeah. than it it's harder for, for your kids mm-hmm. than it is for, for me. And it would be for you. But you see, to one of them will say, you know, and I, I don't argue with them because they're entitled to opinion. Yeah. But I won't give them the, I won't give them the ammunition to keep following on with it, to, to slag that player off or to slag you off. I just say, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Well, and just like it, that's all I do with, with, with them. Yeah, when they just keep going on and on, and, and it's the same abusive uh, rhetoric, I, I just I just block them because it's I absolutely only, pointless. I only hope one thing, and I hope when I say this, I hope that I'm not speaking out of turn when I say it. I hope they don't do what they did with Udi. Exactly. And uh, Charlie George. Yeah. Because Mount's a fantastic player, and the system did not suit him and they pulled him off, yep. I just hope that he does not get left behind. Yeah, same here. And I hope they don't do that uh, with Jack Grealish, because, like I said, it's funny now they all turn around and say, it's something different. What did I say to you? Yeah. He's got something that the other players haven't got. Exactly. It's the composure. Yeah. Listen, watch a lot of skillful players. Some rush things too quick. Yeah. Yeah, they're still, they're still uh, skillful. Yeah. He's got something. He's got that composure where it's not too slow, but he can hold it up. And within that split second, he's killed that. He's put that killer pass through. Yeah. He's got something different, Gabby. Oh, he has. And going back to what you were saying at left back, he did find himself in the left back position because he done off. He done off. Did he panic? Hard as well. No, he never. I said. To, I said to Tom next door to me. I said, Terry Curran says exactly what he's gonna do now, and watch the way he'll get out of there. He doesn't panic. He passes his way out. Puts a nice ball inside, and then Villa are on the attack again. The, the, the kid is absolute mustard, and for me, a must for the next England squad. And I'd play him. I'd build my England team around Jack Grealish. I think he's that good. He is, he is. And yeah. then there's, there's no wrong with it. And I'm like you, but I understand if other people build yeah. uh, t- the, the teams around Madison or uh, or Mount. I, I get that because they are good players. I'd play too. But, I, I'd but play I'm not. Too. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not being uh, funny, uh, uh, making myself a big head. But I, yeah. I read the game better than a lot of other people. Of course you do. I, I didn't have to go and play at Sheffield Wednesday in third division. Yeah. That's why I didn't get the recognition like the, the other top players because I was playing there. And it is easier. Well, it is easier in one sense, but you're playing with with poor players. But anybody who goes on YouTube and look at my games, see how many times I gave the ball away. See how many times when I crossed the ball in a box. Mm-hmm. Did I cross it or did I find the man to score goals or, or nearly score? You were a goal maker and it, a goal taker of the highest abilities. Yeah, I know I was. What I I'm know. trying to say, I see the game and mm. I read the game. Yeah. And when you were mentioning him to me, I'd already seen him at uh, Villa. Yeah. Uh, even when he got relegated. You know, yeah. even when they got relegated, I said to Tom, this kid's a player. Even he's different. This kid's different. And when you fetched him in, and what did I say to you? Yeah. You know, he's got something different. He's so composed. Mm. And now, what, what I've seen Moyes and them saying, he's a maverick type of player. Yeah. What a player. He's got something different. And I have to laugh at my fucking self. Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. I have to laugh. I, I, I That's apologise to, to, to people. I didn't mean that. It's, but it, it's, it's in the it frustrates world how we talk. It, it, it frustrates me. Yeah. Them saying that now, because that's what they did with me. That's, what, that's how they pulled me down that. How close to an England call-up were you, Terry? Did did you ever get that call from any of the um, managers or or the the kind of you know the word tell 
they're going to give you a, a you know a, a tug next squad. Did did you ever get that from any of well, your? I got I, I got put I got put into the under twenty threes when I was playing against Burnley. The, uh, the less cocker had come down, he was going to speak to me after the game. Yeah, yeah. To say uh, to uh, Cluffy pulled me up. He said, um, "You've got your England uh, cap, but it's only on under twenty threes." Les Cocker's going to have a chat with you after the game. Ba 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 ba. What happens? I got injured against Burnley. Yeah. And I was out for seven months. Mm. And then they rushed me to get back. They hadn't won for a month. I was out for seven months, rushed me to get back, played against Carlisle away, Eddieford away, scored the winner, got got a draw, didn't play, and then got frustrated with it, and then got arguing, not arguing with Cluffy, I didn't like Taylor, but I was, Cluffy's back all the time, I want to go, I want to go, and eventually he said, you know. So that didn't help me, and it didn't help me up at um, Everton, because again, another bad injury. So I didn't get it, uh, that close to... Um, the, the the first team because obviously playing in the third division is not going to help me yeah you know and at that time Stevie Topper was a good player but he, he hadn't got the ability I'd got no if I agree had, I mean Cluffy wrote about me mm. if I'd have been playing at um, Manchester United he said what did he say he said uh, Stevie Coppola and Gordon Hill are grabbing all the headlines and rightly so but coming because Derby Man United and Liverpool he said Kevin can walk into any of those three teams now mm. and if he was at Man United his name would be in bright lights it would you know so I had hot-headedness at times frustrating at times unlucky at times at Everton with the injury and, and thing but those two teams I was a main or a big part of them mm. with the success they got because no doubt Forrest weren't in a good position when I went there, and neither were Everton. I mean, yeah. Everton were at second bottom of the league, yet they won everything. So I can look at it and think, fantastic career. Do I regret anything? No. The reason why I didn't play for England was playing in third division. It's never, you never, it's never going to happen. No. Never, ever going to happen. But Jack was talking about you playing for England at that time because I remember watching it on Match of the Day when you when you were on, and I've since had a look at some YouTube clips and and Jack was on there and and Jack had all, 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 he had said that yeah Terry was a bit frustrating at times you know but tell me why this kid ain't playing for England and. You must have been not too far away from an England caller. I think I would have played. Yeah, if I would have played in, if I would have, if I would have played in that, any player will tell you this. You know when other players talk about you. Yep. Then you know you think to yourself, you know, you you know you're a good player. Yeah. Now, let's go back to when I was playing football. So Jimmy Greaves had just ended his career retiring. Yep. Wrote great things about me. Yep. Jimmy Greaves, Stan Bowles, Frank Worthington, uh, Norman Hunter. Duncan McKenzie, Ian Story Moore, yeah. uh, George Best, all said out what a great player I was. Mm-hmm. You, you don't hear that from great players a lot, to, no, to, about don't. other players, yeah. unless, you know, you, you're messing with that of this world. They all came to me and said to me, what a player you are. So that will always stick with me. Signing for Brian Clough will always stick to me, and I could have signed for him three times yeah. after I left. Three times I could have signed for Nottingham Forest and Cluffy. Right, but I bl- don't blame anybody else but me for my career. Yeah. And playing in third division is not going to put you up there with the elite, and it's not going to get you into England team. Yeah. So but I... that's 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 me, and that's me all over. And yeah. people will say I'm a funny sort of lad to handle. No, I weren't. I just wanted to play football. And that's and I didn't like I didn't like the way out Jack played his football, yeah. but I loved him as a person. But then were the exact words that Jack said about you, weren't he? You can be a funny lad to handle at times, Terry. And them, them are the words that that he said, because um, you know, and and again, I'm sure that with some of our other players, you know, the likes of Sexton would say the same about Hudson. Yeah. You know, play players that had something about him. Character about them. Some managers just didn't know how to get the best out of I that player. I don't know. People that people would say, if I say this, uh, if I said, they may be jealous or envious of. I think of, so. Of a, you know, but when you say people, but what's the reason why when you got? I, I, listen, Gabby. Mm? Ask any player what played with Charlie George. Any player what played with Charlie George. You know, in training. Yeah. And listen, I could do things in training. I'm telling you, I could do certain things in training. What would make other players gasp at it? I watched him and I used to think, oh, 
What a player this kid is. Why is he not playing for England? He got pace, he got power, he got two good feet, he got the arrogance without being a big head. Yep. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Frank Worthington weren't a big head. Alan Hudson weren't a big head. Yeah. Tony Curry weren't big. They played to the fans, and that is what maybe one of the other reasons. Playing to the fans, they don't like it. If you, as a manager, if you uh, seem to be bigger than the manager, they didn't like it in my day. Yeah, they didn't like it. And I don't mean to be horrible, but that's how I looked at it. That's how I thought. I might be wrong, but that's my opinion of it. No, you ain't going to get an argument there because all them players that you've referenced were showmen. They were great football players. They you did put, things you, we couldn't do and we you, drooled over your skills. You put on the England uh, game we with Germany oh, yeah. the other day. Yeah. Right. Look at the pitch. Yeah. Look at the pitch. Barley yeah. and Hudson ran rings round yeah. Germany. Right, and they got a top team with Germany then. Yeah, World top Champions. team. Yeah, right. Look at the pitch, disgusting. Mm-hmm. Heavy conditions, and Hudson that night. And that listen, I said, I never forget that night. I said to myself, this kid's here to stay. Yeah, never played, never played since. He, he played one more game against Cyprus, and oh, well, that was a that game. McDonald. McDonald got five, and yeah. McDonald didn't play then since. I know it's incredible. How can you actually score five goals for England at Wembley and never play there? Because Again. you were bigger than the manager. Exactly. With the yeah. fans. Yeah. They don't like it, no. and it's true. No, I when think... I, when I criticise a manager, I don't criticise him for the sake of criticising him, because, yeah. you know, Klopp and, and, and Guardiola now, yeah. the success for them two clubs is them. Not Terry Curran, or Guardiola, or whoever. It's them. Because they put that team together with them type of players in that team, what they like to watch. And that is the difference. 100%. Well, TC, we are almost out of time. The hour just absolutely flies by. So we're going to... I bet we haven't talked about what you wanted to talk about. <laughs> actually, well, actually, I've got a few little things here. We haven't talked about the FA Cup first round, but we'll do that next week. We can talk about the FA Cup because we've got the League Cup next week in midweek. So we'll yeah. talk about the Cups and we'll talk about the night before Wembley, what you guys were doing when you played yeah. against Forest. And what Forest were doing is a completely different um, outlook that, that, that the Forest players had to what you guys did in, in their preparation. Totally different dimension well, we'll of football. Talk, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about that. As well. that. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. I'm not saying so much about it. Yeah. But... I knew all about what they were doing. Yep, yep. But it weren't like... Anyway, I'm not going to say yep. more about it. We'll but do that next week. We'll talk about it. So we'll, we'll, we'll let the we'll let the uh, our fans what listen and uh, enjoy listening to our programme. We'll, we'll let them anticipate what we're going to t- uh, say about it next week. I also want to talk about your loan to Berry as well. She went on loan to Berry, didn't you? Oh, a funny story about that. <laughs> yeah. I have a very, very funny story about that. And also, there's a funny story about the night the Yorkshire Ripper was caught as well. That I read yeah. in the book. So brilliant. We've got a number of things we're not going to, we're never, ever going to talk about why Inchy was smiling when he kicked off against Liverpool. That we're never going to talk about. Cause... Ask Inchy about it. <laughs> <laughs> And John Bailey. Oh, oh Bales and they, they were, they were, they were with me that day when I said when I told them what I was going to do. <laughs> oh dear. So we're going to leave that. We're never going to tell it. We're going. It's a little bit like Gavin and Stacey with the fishing. They'll have trip. to. They'll, they'll have to uh, get the book us. and read it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Football forecast: Manchester City versus Aston Villa. Twelve thirty kickoff on Saturday. How do you see that game going? Oh, I got. Now then, what I've realised is when these teams play in these European Cup uh, games yep. or uh, Champions League games, yep. they don't follow up with the game. I mean, Manchester City are the lucky ones because they've got really strength in there. I do like Villa, uh, but people get sick of me going for Manchester City. But I, I've got to go for a Manchester City 2-1, 2-0. 2-0, I'll go for 2-0. Yeah, I'm going 3-1. I think Villa will score there, but I'm going 3-1 Manchester City. Uh, one of your old teams, Everton, and that was the one, the result that got me level when you'd backed West Ham 
and I yep. backed Everton uh, last Saturday. So Everton this week are away at Brighton over Albion. Now, I watched Brighton at Villa Park, and I thought that they've got some good players. They're a good team. I think this is going to be a difficult game for Everton. How do you see it? Well, I wrote again, I wrote on my wall about him, Dean Smith. Yep. Uh, what's the call the guy at uh, Sheffield? Wilder, Sheffield United. Yep. Was the other, on the other one at Norwich. I said, they'll do better than what people give them credit for because they're not going to sit back. Yeah. They will not sit back. They're going to attack teams. They're going to try and win games. So I think, uh, and I don't like saying that because I, I want Brighton to do all right because the way how he plays football. But I'm going to go for a, a 1-0 Everton. Right, oh, right. Okay. Right then. So I'll put yours second there. So you're going 2-0 Man City and you're going a 1-0 Everton. I'm going to go 1-1. I, th- I, fan- I fancy a draw. I think Brighton are a decent I, think, I don't think you'd be far wrong, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go for 1-11. Borat versus Fulham. Fulham are my tip for the uh, for the championship, and your tip is Leeds United. But we're going to leave the Leeds game till last because that's match of the day. So, Borat versus Fulham. How do you see that game? Well, Fulham, I've had Fulham like you. Keep, yeah. I, I keep putting them down as a win, but mm. uh, they're not consistent enough. No, consistent enough away from home. Mm. So I'm going to go for a a Borough a one nil win. Mm. I think um, I think Fulham a bit miss away from home, and I think uh, Middlesbrough need a they do need a win, Ooh, and I think they just might. Uh, I mean. I, I said Liverpool wouldn't win on Sunday because, you know, they've gone 19 games unbeaten. Yeah. And Laura Ravages say, and I don't go on Laura Ravages as, as, as picking my opinions, but I thought all the stick Man United were getting, I thought they'll get something out of this. Cause, but, but I did fancy Man United to win, if I'm honest. I thought they just might nick it. So I, I, I think uh, Middlesbrough's having a bit of a bad time. Uh, they're not as bad as what the position is, but you're only as good as your results, so I, but I'm going to go for a 1-0 win for Borough. Well, Gates certainly needs something because, yep. you know, he, he must be very, well, sailing very close to the win, to be fair. And I hope that all of our young... I think he'll get a chance because well. he's, a, he's a Middlesbrough, he's, he's yeah. from that area. Steve, yeah. Steve uh, Gibson usually gives him uh, chances, but it all depends if, you know, if, if they rock bottom. I do get that. I do get that uh, yeah. if that happens. So let's let's hope that they can, because uh, I want all our English young managers to do well. Forest versus Reading, how do you see that game? Two 0 Forest. Yeah, I've got two 0 He's well. got them playing well. He's got them playing well. Yeah, I've got that down two 0 And then match of the day has to be the team that's second, Leeds United, against the team that's third, Sheffield Wednesday, and a South. Is it a South York in South Yorkshire? Are Leeds class to South Yorkshire as well? West Yorkshire, aren't they, Leeds? Oh, are they? So, South versus West, West Yorkshire Derby. Yeah. And how much of a derby is that for people that, that aren't familiar with oh, the area? Well, it, it's, always, it's, always a, it's always a big derby for, for them, whether they play Barnsley, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, or, or, Sheffield, uh, or Sheffield United. Yeah. You know, because it's only, it's only what, 20, 20, 25 miles up road, 30 miles, if that. It's, not, it's about 25 miles up road, 20 miles up road, once you get on the motorway. Uh, the thing is with Leeds, Leeds have always, or their directors have always thought big, whereas our directors yeah. at Sheffield Wednesday uh, have always thought, well, we're, we're happy to, we get fantastic support, so we're happy at that. So it's a big derby. It's a big derby. Um, and they've had some funny results where, where we beat them 6-1, they beat us 6-1. And, you know, uh, Leeds are a fantastic football team under Bielsa. And I'm going to be writing about Bielsa again at some point next week with his team. He plays fantastic football and I love watching his team play. But does he score enough goals? And he, yeah. is he a bit stubborn? Does that team score enough? Is he a bit stubborn? Because... Uh, not Mount, what they call the lad up from the little left for Arsenal. I can't pronounce his name. No, 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 not him. No, the one uh, played at Forest and went to Chelsea. Bamford, Mountford, Bam- Bamford, uh, Bamford. Bamford. He uh, is a steady player, yeah, technically yeah, yeah. not bad, yeah, uh, but he has been missing a lot of chances, yeah, he has, you know. And is I think Bielsa can be a bit stubborn and think, well, I'm going to leave him in, but this kid at Arsenal and I can't pronounce his name, so we'll leave that for, for the experts to pronounce it. Uh, I, I think he now he needs to be thrown alongside uh, Bamford or 
given a chance because I think it's that what might just cost them a little moment in time because I don't score enough goals. But I'm going to go for a, a Wednesday win. Ooh, I've got another. So, what, what are you going? 2-0, 1-0, 2-1? 2-1. 2-1, 2-1 to Wednesday. Okay. I have to, I have to back Wednesday. Yeah. Well, I don't I'll... have to back Wednesday, but I want Wednesday to win. <laughs> and I'm not... You know, if Leeds beat us, you know, at the end of the day... I still support Sheffield Wednesday and Sheffield Wednesday, uh, you know, and they're playing well. They're playing well. You know, they're getting results when they're not playing well and and and, 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 the, and the, when they are playing well, uh, they're playing some good football. We're third in league, so it's, it's a big chance for us. The advantage is with us, we're at home. Yeah, I've gone 1-1. I think it'd be a draw. And in terms of the, the you know, both great clubs, you know, Leeds in the 70s were fantastic. Oh. But, you know, for, for me, I, I think Sheffield Wednesday are the bigger club than Leeds United. I think if you look historically, Sheffield have won more than Leeds. And if we you have. take Yeah, if you take away and we the big We have big... Yeah. We have, but what, what Leeds have got yeah. is it's a one-team city. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's yeah. a one-team city. Yeah. You know, but having said that, I mean, what they're doing is uh, making that capacity to 50,000 because yeah. it's a big city, is Leeds. Second biggest in England, by the way. Well, if you take, yeah, if you take it, away it, London, Birmingham. then it's Birmingham and Leeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because uh, I'm surprised that they, they, they don't get bigger gates than what, because Sheffield Wednesday get bigger gates. And yeah. Huddersfield's won more than what Leeds did at yeah, one they, point. Yeah, absolutely. And had bigger gates at one point. Yeah. But Leeds grew as, as years have gone, as years gone by. So they are a big club, and but they, they think bigger than, than, than the rest of the Yorkshire teams. I will say that. They so, always think big. So what we'll say to young Jock, and then, by the way, Jock, watch, how's he doing? Is, he, is his egg glued back together again now? Glued back? Six stitches? I don't know what they do with him nowadays. It, it's, it's his first week back training, yep. uh, and he's enjoyed training, so we'll, 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 we haven't spoke about him, <laughs> spoke about <laughs> him for, a, for a couple of weeks. But uh, look, again, I'll tell everybody, in my honest opinion, until that body fills out, uh, yeah. that's when you'll see the best of him. But technically, he's okay and everything's steady away. But he's got to go in that gym, work hard. Don't get disappointed if he's not playing. Go and prove to managers and coaches and fans that, you know, I deserve to be in team. And once you do that, everything will come into place for you. Superb. Right, Tal, we have run out of time now. So let's hope that the weekend we're both singing the blues. And thank you for your time, sir. And thank everybody for listening. Brilliant. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good weekend, everyone. Have a good weekend, you and your family, Gabby. Speak to you next week. Top man. Thanks, TC. Brilliant. Cheers, Bye-bye. buddy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. SRB Media. Is it so you're lost in dreams beside the world? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.